Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas, and you can find me on Twitter and all the socials at SaladGalore. That is Dallas spelled backwards with the double L, Galore. Guys, it's great to be here speaking to you all again after the holiday weekend. At the time of your listening, I would assume this is probably about a Wednesday or a Thursday show following Memorial Day. Hopefully everyone had a good time. Uh, if you're near a lake, hopefully you went to it. If not, maybe you compromised for a pool. And if not, maybe you just took a good bath this weekend. Uh, not really partial as long as some water was involved in your life. I call that a win. Um, I was at a wedding all weekend. Uh, I've been burning the candle at uh, both ends of the wick here recently. So it's been uh, slow going, a little bit more of a delayed. Um, I guess drop the shows than I regularly do typically during the summer. So I apologize for that slightly, but we should be back in the normal flow of things with my normal weekly drops on either Monday or Tuesday, depending on the schedule of the player profiler show with Memphis and Jerry and uh, what we end up knocking out with the Dynasty War Games guys. But if you've been paying attention over the last couple of weeks slash episodes, what I've been dropping, uh, we've been doing kind of a red light, green light uh, when it came to acquisition. We went to the overall landing spot kind of analysis of this on a kind of like a baseline level, a little bit more so than diving into the actual team outlooks for a lot of TP, uh, a lot of these prospects. And then I also did a penny stocks episode. That would be the most recent one where I basically was going over the ADP, um, the guys that you can get super cheap, as well as the penny stocks um, for you know, I think I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys that I anticipate being extremely more valuable either by midseason and or by end of season in 2023. So I'm kind of kind of benching off of that um, penny stock aspect. I'm going to be doing a three part series here leading up prior to me going into my Oklahoma drill and my overall divisional breakdowns that I do every year. And I'm going to be going into the 2023 rookie running back landscape. So I'm going to be going through basically every single running back that was drafted in this year's draft, where they fall into the category of whether or not they're going to be a week one contributor for your teams um, as either a competitor or a asset in general, if you're not competing this year, if they're going to be a week nine asset, that is basically right after the midway point of the season. 
where teams start getting either serious or start rotating in these guys basically that have shown some flashes, but they need to find out what they truly are. Um, just kind of before some of the aging guys on their roster get out of contract or before they can get out of said contracts going into next year. And then the last category is the 2024 and beyond. So guys that at the end of this year going into the off season, I think, will be people that people are trying to basically acquire based on the situation and outlook of the teams. And these are guys that you should be in turn targeting much earlier um, or much more aggressively here in the early on season based off of their depressed values, um, the trade aspects that you're going to be able to get both in rookie drafts if you have not been able to actually draft these players yet or draft for your dynasty teams, as well as the overall um, just cost if you go to even post-draft, try to acquire them. Probably could trade the same round they were selected in this year for a pick in 2024 and it might be a little bit more advantageous to do it on some of these running backs specifically just because the position is uh so up in the air going out into 2024 but without further ado we'll just dive into kind of the day one starters here um, we're looking at the week one starters the week one guys that will be contributors uh, again I, I use starters but they're they're people that can give you fantasy points week one basically and you should anticipate most likely seeing some use if not close to a 50 percent snap share in their backfield at a minimum for these guys and the first two are pretty easy they're the two first round running backs in the form of Bijan robinson and jameer gibbs looking at the roster ship of Bijan robinson um i, I think people are thinking that he's going to come in day one and just walk away with 80 plus percentage of the touches in this offense but i would just kind of caution you a little bit on that Tyler Algier played significantly better than people want to give him credit for last year the offense overall played a lot better than people want to give him credit for later on in the season even with the abysmal offensive line that they were rocking their defense saw vast improvements this offseason they drafted multiple um, offensive pieces as well as offensive linemen specifically and so the team should look a lot better should be a lot more balanced and I don't see just a true workhorse role for Bijan Robinson now is he good enough to do amazing with 65% of the touches. Absolutely. But I think we might get more of like a uh, kind of like a Ramondre and Damian Harris type of situation more so than what we got with uh, Christian McCaffrey in any backfield that he's been in. So I would just caution you, but I do say Bijan, obviously week one, obviously if you go <laughs> number eight overall, you're going to be a uh, pretty hotly, uh, hotly wanting to be acquired uh, a hot commodity basically to be acquired at the running back position. So obviously going to be productive from day one. That's not a question. Um, you're going to have to take them early in your drafts, especially in non super flex. So yeah, I mean, it, it's Bichon guys. So I'm not going to beat it with a dead horse. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is a little bit of a different situation. I, I do see him as a week one point getter for your team. They drafted him high, so they're obviously going to use him, but he he's going to get the least amount of touches out of that running back group. Um, I have a very hard time based off of how their running style is, what they do in the red zone specifically in the grinded out style that we saw over the last couple of years with DeAndre Swift, just assuming that just because Gibbs is here and is the new flashy toy that they will be using him in a workhorse role in this Detroit Lions offense, especially after signing a guy like David Montgomery to an eight plus million dollar contract per year absolutely baffling to me why you do that move if you then are attempting to acquire Jameer Gibbs in a top 12 selection but I'm not controlling the line so I won't really beat that into submission anymore um I would 
basically suggests that you treat Gibbs exactly how you were treating Swift. Um, he's probably not going to be an RB1. He might not be an RB2. Um, it's just going to depend on the week. He's going to have some baller, baller weeks for you, but he will be on the field and readily available in the passing game. Um, the one thing I would caution you in this aspect is if, as of right now, his passing ceiling looks very, very good from the running back position. But the one thing that scares me about the Detroit Lions is that even though DeAndre Hopkins says that he wants to go to either the Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills, the Lions are sitting there with a pretty good contending team right now and a lot of cap space still. Um, when it comes to cap space overall in the NFL, if you exclude the Bears, who for some reason are just refusing to spend their uh, $39 million that they still have remaining in salary cap, the Lions are sitting at $23 million right now. Um, they're one of the few teams that can actually afford DeAndre Hopkins with the contract that he realistically is going to acquire from these teams and they're one of the few teams that can compete right now based off of what we saw from last year so i think that that could very well cap it there's a couple of other free agents at a wide receiver um ships to be concerned about coming in and then there's also the fact that he may be good earlier on this season but you should also just be wary of the fact that at some point jameson williams will be coming back that'll be more targets stealing away from Gibbs. So again, the ceiling is just kind of capped, but again, this is still a week one contributor, a guy that he's just going to get more valuable as the season goes on, most likely unless he gets injured. So you need to get him before the season as opposed to during or after the season. Uh, going on to the third player on the list, um, I'm going to just go in order of where they're drafted, basically, for the week one starters and contributors. Um, the next guy on the list for me is Mr. Tank Bigsby. Um, this is a guy who is going to be the bruiser, big baller running back in that uh, lightning and thunder type of move with Doug Peterson. Uh, Peterson does typically like a workhorse role. But for some reason in the red zone specifically, the offense started kind of pitter-pattering down the stretch to where Etienne wasn't getting touches inside the five. For some reason, they were passing constantly, and it's why they were losing games. I see that trend reversing this year. They're going to try and pound it up the middle. I would still caution people. I know a lot of people are kind of wary or out. I know Memphis isn't a big Etienne guy this year. People are still kind of sleeping on the fact of how efficient and how good Etienne was last year on the touches that he did see. And he didn't see these crazy high passing totals, but he was getting very consistent work and very consistent, all like consistently over 75% of the touches at the RB position. So yes, they brought in the guy. Yes, he was a top hundred pick. I would just say Tink Bigsby will be involved, but it's not going to be heavily. So I wouldn't be super high on investing on him uh, specifically like in the second round, but right now his ADP is flirting with second going into third. I think that's a good spot for him. Um, Bigsby specifically though, will have a role on this offense and will probably be more valuable mid season than he is right now. So he's still a guy that I would want to have on my roster by week one. Again, want to break down these categories for you just because I may not have <laughs> described it appropriately when we started this out, but the categories are people I want to have on my team by week one, people I want to have on my team by week nine, and people I want to have on my team by the end of the season before the offseason hype starts, basically. So again, week one, these are guys that will see production week one, so you want them on the, your roster prior to the start of the season. So Tank Bigsby falls underneath that category. You will see a role. It'll make him um, pretty... Pretty sought after, um, but I would just temper expectations right out of the gate. Uh, the next guy on the list for me is Mr. Chase Brown in Cincinnati. Um, I know people are like, oh, let's go mix in. I know Chase Brown wasn't some super early 
pick. He was a fifth round selection uh, immediately following the Israel Abanakanda selection for the New York Jets. But Chase Brown will see a lot of work. Um, Chase Brown will ultimately be involved. And if we saw anything from last year, it's that if you can consistently carry the ball and get positive yardage and be secure in pass protection, something that Chase Brown can be, but isn't amazing. And you're going to see work in this offense. And it doesn't matter that Joe Mixon is on the team. So I would just let you know that Chase Brown will see work. Um, it's a very similar situation to Tank Bigsby. There's a much more talented running back on the roster. So it's not going to be gangbuster work. But at a certain point in the season, you're going to need those rotational and handcuff backs on your rosters. And they're only going to be more expensive as the season goes on because odds are if you don't have them and you're attempting to compete, they're probably on a team that is either competing or isn't competing is going to charge you an arm and a leg for them. The next two guys on the list are two of the weirder backs in this one valuation-wise. If you listen to my penny stocks and my ADP atrocity episode that I was referring to over the last couple weeks, um, you will know these two guys well because I did some deep dives, so I'll stay a little bit more surface level with them. But the first one is Deuce Vaughn in Dallas. Uh, This is a running back that right now is looking like he is going to be in what Tony Pollard's role has been over the last three years in the Dallas offense. And for some reason, he is still being drafted in is a late third round selection. So it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I still think that his ADP should be significantly higher than what it is right now. Going as RB14 ADP wise in these drafts. And he's a guy I want on all of my rosters prior to the first week. And he's a guy I've already acquired in two out of my eight leagues because I've did not basically I was not in a position to draft him during the draft. Um, for those that have been paying attention, I had basically no second and third round picks across all leagues that I'm in just because of some of the moves that I've been making for veterans on competing teams. But Deuce Vaughn is a guy that I've already traded for two shares of pretty cheaply. Um, just swip, basically flip-flopping some of the wide receiver options that I've had here. So he's a guy I recommend acquiring. He's going to have a pretty serious role going into next season in 2023 and beyond. So you should definitely be paying attention to Deuce Vaughn. His workload will be there and you should be getting him now. The next guy in a similar vein is Sean Tucker. Um, There's not a true fire starter in Tampa Bay still. I know if anyone's been watching the videos of the offseason camp with the two quarterbacks that potentially could be helming the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may not seem like a good team to target in general, but Sean Tucker, in my opinion, still is the best running back that is on that roster. Uh, Rasheed Rice did nothing last year to show me that he can be a workhorse back. His efficiency was worse than Leonard Fournette, even though people like to shit on Leonard Fournette last year. So I would just caution you that if you uh <laughs> if you're thinking about the fact of Rasheed Rice being a workhorse back, I would just caution you to maybe don't bank so heavily on the incumbent guy. Um Sean Tucker is gonna see some work. Uh <laughs> I, I don't foresee him getting redshirted like a Justin Ross last year. Uh if a team was willing to give him a contract at all, basically, and he was medically cleared by multiple doctors, i.e. specifically Tampa Bay's to even put him on the roster, that was the only reason he fell and became undrafted. So he's the last guy that I believe is going to be a week one value guy where coming into week one, there's probably going to be some shock and awe when he takes some very early snaps in that game away from a guy like Rasheed Rice. And he's a guy that's going to be getting a lot of hype in this offseason program period time. So I'd rather have him now acquire him cheap. He went as a UDFA. He's currently going in the third round of most rookie drafts. 
if you give someone a more surefire lock that's valued at somewhere in that third lock, uh, third round range for a running back, you're going to be able to get a Sean Tucker. So um, he's pretty cheap to acquire. I will be acquiring him. I have already acquired him twice as well as Deuce Vaughn. So he, they're kind of lockstep. Shouldn't shock anyone if you've been following Alana over the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, that's the last running back. That I am looking at in this 2023 landscape that will increase his value immediately after week one. Going into the week nine category, um, I actually have the same number of players in this category. Um, these are players that I want on my roster prior to week nine, which is that midway point of the season where people either start pushing or truly start tanking their seasons, attempting to segue away, get a better pick, or really push for those added cheap depth pieces going into the playoffs. So the first name on the list is Zach Charbonnet. Um, there's always injury concerns when it comes to some running backs, specifically in that Seattle Seahawks realm. But when I am looking at the team in general, uh, I am looking at a running back situation that should change quite a bit going into really the end of the season. Um, I was shocked that they brought in a round two running back in general in Seattle, but they like to pound the ball. They like to mix it up quite a bit. And so the fact that you could be looking at a quarterback situation, truthfully, um, that could be kind of windling down towards the end of this uh this season, and you might see quite a bit more rushes in this offense. I would just be paying attention quite a bit more to uh, what I can do to acquire more pieces on this offense in the running game as opposed to the passing game, even if Kenneth Walker is the lion's share holder of touches. Um, so that's why he's not a week one starter. don't think his early season value is going to be super great on this team, but I do think that by the time we get to that midseason point, Zach Charbonnet is going to be a name and a handcuff name specifically that people are going to be clamoring to acquire. Second name on the list is the Mr. Kendra Miller. He's a guy that a lot of people probably would put in my first category of wanting to have on your roster prior to the start of the season. But for me, there's still no Avon Kamara decision. And due to the fact of where we're at right now, I feel like it would have already been resolved if it was going to be an early season suspension. Maybe something that they suspend him for the last six games or something of the season or gets pushed into the 2024 season. But Kendra Miller is a guy that right now he's a little bit too expensive. People are still drafting him in that mid second to almost early second, depending on what type of league format you are in. But he's a guy that who is still behind Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is still going to get those early season touches. Uh, you're going to want to acquire him towards the end of the season or towards that midway season, like I was saying, just due to the fact that Jamal Williams is getting older. Um, he's going to be close to 30 here pretty soon. There's an out in his contract after this year, technically, even though I think he's going to be on the team for two years, but Kamara could easily be a cap casualty at the end of this season or just cut outright due to the suspension if he is suspended for breaking the league policy. Um, so he's a guy that a little bit too expensive for me right now. I think he's going to be cheaper towards midseason, and he's going to have long-term value specifically in 2024. So that's why he's a guy I'm targeting in that midseason realm if I'm a contender or a rebuilder, honestly, and not in the week one category. The next guy on the list is the next one in sequential order, and it is none other than Mr. Roshan Johnson with the Chicago Bears. Um, very similar situation to a guy like Kendrick Miller down in New Orleans, and this is a guy who is getting a lot of steam, a lot of hype from people that are hoping for him to be the complement to the Chicago Bears Lightning and Khalil Herbert. I will caution you, though, I do not think he beats out Devonta Foreman earlier on. Um, there's good camp reports, but it's not really about uh, play. It's more so about leadership and mentality in that locker room. I really do think that Foreman is still the better player right now. 
between the two. So he's just a guy to watch for that late season push. I don't know if Foreman is going to be able to last all season. We've shown time and time again that Roche, uh, not Roche on that Khalil Herbert is incapable of truthfully staying healthy for the entire season. So um, yeah, it, it's just a guy I'm not acquiring super early on. Again, I'm a diehard Chicago Bears fan. So if I'm not clamoring for him week one, you guys probably shouldn't be either, but he's a guy that I'm definitely going to get super cheap shares of mid season because I don't see a lot of touches going his way in the first couple of weeks of the season. So his value is just going to continue to depress as we move forward into the 2020 season uh so yeah we're gonna go ahead and go to the next player this is a guy that a lot of people were pretty pumped about in Devin a chain um down in miami he is let's see he is a very interesting player um he is in a great location for him um but do i think he is going to get a lot of touches in that offense with the number of mouths that they have to feed everyone loves that trope i know but the answer is no. Um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are the two main guys in that offense. Devin A. Chain would have to blow up this offseason program and blow up the reports, which we have not heard pretty much anything about him right now, in order for me to kind of get more interested for that week one spot. And that's due to the fact that Mostert is a very good running back. Jeff Wilson is a very good running back. Their issue is health. So odds are, yes, if you want to bank on a very early season injury to either one of them, which is not out of the question, you'd want A-Chain on week one. Uh, it hasn't happened week one, basically, outside of one year with Mostert. Uh, there's usually a good chunk of change where they're healthy and they're very productive and the offense is flowing. Um, now Shannon has absolutely no issues with switching between running backs, but again, due to the size, due to the overall role and due to the pass first offense that we are currently running down in that Mike McDaniel system, uh, you know, the branch off of the Shanahan, I would just caution you, um, not a ton of targets really to go around. It's basically a lock for almost 10 per game for Waddle and for, um, for Waddle and for Hill. So the other eight to 10 targets are going to be split up basically between the tight ends and the running backs. So it's just not super advantageous looking at his outlook, but going into the following season where both of those running backs mentioned will be 27 and 31 respectively for Wilson and Mostert, definitely a guy I want on my roster, hoping that his value depresses a little bit from what it is right now. So I could acquire him slightly cheaper and thus why he is in the week nine category. Ah, hydration break there before my voice officially breaks down. Um, but yeah, after that, we go into Mr. Eric Gray. He is also in my week nine category. Um, for anyone that has followed along with my breakdowns and my analysis really over the last two years, you'll know I'm not a big Eric Gray guy. If you paid attention to my pre-2022 NFL sorry, not NFL, uh, NCAA season breakdowns of prospects. I told you I didn't like him, told you I wasn't wild, told you he didn't do anything that was uh, super cool and had very much underproduced leading up to that point. He was in the same vein as a Jameer Gibbs, and then he goes out this last year and underperforms yet again in the offense, doesn't put up the same stats as a guy like Jameer Gibbs, and then goes behind Saquon Barkley. But the thing with going behind Saquon Barkley is that at some point they're going to have to see what they have in Eric Gray if they cannot work out a contract with Saquon. I don't think they're going to. I think they knew that by franchising him specifically that they weren't going to be able to get something in. And so bringing in a cheap acquisition guy, he's going to get some touches. He's going to see, uh, he's going to see some work. And this offense has been pretty productive, even with the likes of like a D Donta Foreman, 
uh, not Dante Foreman, sorry, Dante Freeman, and uh, some lesser backs that have cycled in and out in uh, really <laughs> the Dable system in general. So um, there's usually some success with the RB2 in the system. There's always the injury concern with the Saquon Barkley, but I am not rostering him unless it's on a taxi squad that I acquired in the fourth round, which I can tell you right now I haven't acquired any Eric Gray. Prior to week nine, uh, he's a guy I'll just try to acquire right at that point to add for the depth pieces on the teams that I do have Saquon or on the teams that I'm competing that I can throw away my fourth for a guy that might come in handy later on down the stretch. Two guys that also meet that mold is two running backs, uh, two running back rooms that are kind of up in the air. And that is Chris Rodriguez and Zach Evans in Washington and the Los Angeles Rams, respectively. I have no idea what's going to happen in these backfields right now. And so it's very concerning. Uh, A lot of talk about how Brian Robinson shitty. Um, Look at the numbers. They will tell you something else. Uh, A lot of talk about how it could be Cam Akers season again. Um, I'm kind of done playing the Cam Akers season game, to be honest with all of you. So these are just low risk acquisitions that you can get very cheap, if not basically free at the back end of your rookie drafts and or undrafted free agency off the wave wire that will come in handy for your team later on in the season. Um, you could easily see both of these guys be sneaking touches. Chris Rodriguez is a very good, very, very, very good short yardage and a pass protector back. And Zach Evans is the overall back that's a little bit more athletic than people realize. So there's just questions galore, basically, for this team. A lot of uh, potential fill-ins that you could see later on in the season. And so I'd rather have these two running backs on my team going into that midseason point than not on my team because these are the types of backfields you target for those midseason acquisitions. The question marks, things that haven't worked out, and they're both going to be on realistically really bad teams. So again, Chris Rodriguez with Washington, Zach Evans, guys I don't want at the beginning of the season, but definitely going to be poaching off of other people's taxi squads going into the midseason point when they're looking for pieces that can help them now. And I'm looking for the depth leading into the playoff runs. Going into the last category, there are four people that are in my 2024 and beyond category. Um, I will give you full transparency. There are a couple names I left off the list. I left off Lou Nichols with Green Bay, Kenny McIntosh with Seattle, as well as, where is it, Evan Hall with Indianapolis. Uh, Those are the three backs. I don't foresee any value increase at all happening over the first, you know, Uh, all 18 weeks of this NFL season. So they're guys I'm not going to roster. I had them off of my draft board in all of my previous drafts. Uh, They won't be on there unless the backs in front of them immediately get injured prior to my last couple of drafts that I have for redraft slash late dynasty. And I don't think you should be honestly drafting them at all either. Neither one of, uh, none of the three got very good draft capital. The earliest was the last second to last pick in the fifth round in the form of Evan Hull. Not a great pick. Um, The other two were seventh round picks Uh, rotational backs for camp. Easily all three could be cut or put on the practice squad. So I am out on those guys, but the people that I have not talked about that I'm very intrigued for, for 2024. And that at some point I'm going to be shooting out feelers. If I don't already own them. Number one is Ty J Spears. Not going to see a lot of workload because Tennessee is one of the few workhorse back roles that you still see in the NFL with Derrick Henry. I think they're going to officially try to run him into the freaking ground this year because it's the last year of his contract. But Ty J Spears is a guy that I would, I'd be targeting and I have been targeting my NFL drafts. I have Derrick Henry in two out of my, basically only two of my leagues. I still have him. 
every single, uh, both of the leagues, I acquired Tajay Spears. One was through trade, one was through a normal draft pick, um, just to back up that Tennessee Titans backfield going into 2024. Uh, if Tennessee was not scared of his knee injury and still took him with an early third round pick, I am equally as not scared about the knee injury. And he is the back that could be very, very, very valuable this time next year. And I'm banking on it. That's why I basically will not leave my leagues knock on wood, unless there's some weird situation that happens over the next couple of months without Tajay Spears um, going into 2024. By the end of the season, I'll have him hopefully on over 50% of my leagues. And it's just a very solid bet because you could be feasibly looking at the workhorse back in Tennessee and odds are he's not going to see any work at all. He's going to be on a taxi squad going into week nine, going into week 10, going into the playoffs. And that's the type of guy I want because if he's on a contender, he was drafted on a contender, and they're looking for pieces that can help them now. Tajay Spears is not a player that's going to help them now going into the playoffs. So he's a guy that they're willingly going to give away to you at a shot at a championship, and that is where you pounce. A guy in a very similar situation is going to be Dwayne McBride. Um, he is a guy that, although they re-signed Alexander Madison to a very cheap contract, so it doesn't matter in Minnesota, uh, Dalvin Cook is on his way out. It's either going to be this year or it's going to be next year. Dwayne McBride, I know, not a super early draft pick. Um, he is a horrible receiving back prospect, but when you watch him run the ball, he is very efficient, very good at running, and he reminds you a lot of a guy like Alexander Madison does everything well, does everything efficient and does what he is asked to do. Um, he's going to be on the team. He is explosive. He is very, very physical and he's an okay pass blocker, but I didn't ask him to do it a lot. Um, not a strong suit of his game. Not going to pretend like it is, but he's a guy in a very similar situation to Ty J Spears. That's going to be on a lot of text. Oh, excuse me. Burp. A lot of taxi squads around that trade deadline uh, aspect of the season. And then that's where you pounce. Um, he's going to be on those teams that are realistically contenders most likely because that's why they were drafting him late. Um, it's the only reason you draft running backs late, at late, at least in uh, fantasy draft slash UDFAs. So he is a prime trade target after slash, uh, I guess, after week nine or right before the trade deadline. Um, I am fine acquiring him a little bit earlier. Again, anyone that's in the later categories, I get it. If you want to get ahead of the trend, go for it. They're just going to be a little bit more pricey now just because of the uncertainty with the situation than they would be later on. And that's why they're in this category. But um, Dwayne McGride and Tajay Spears, exact same boat. Two guys that are completely dependent on the injury situations in front of them are, sorry, only one guy, uh, Israel Abnekanda. He's back that if you've been paying attention to me, I love. I love everything about his game except for where he landed. He was a fifth-round draft pick, fell a little bit further than I anticipated him falling. It was kind of shocking to me. And then he went to a team that has, like, five running backs all with the skill uh, same skill set and Brees Hall is the number one running back in that offense so this is all dependent on Brees Hall's injury status Michael Carter very capable of holding down the fort they brought in a uh what is his name why am I blanking on the other Jets running back uh they brought in another one in free agency that I'm forget it uh there's another one on the roster you guys will probably be screaming it while you're listening to this but Abinaconda is a guy that if Brees Hall doesn't come back right away, he's going to have a role very early on. You could see a double back system with the likes of Michael Carter and Abba which would be probably one of the most explosive 
backfield combinations you'll ever see very savvy runners and one quick hitters that are very very good both of which are amazing the pass game especially with Aaron Rodgers and Abinaconda is a very willing and a very good pass blocker so it's a guy that could very easily win the favor of Aaron Rodgers again not acquiring now he's dirt cheap people weren't even basically drafting him in this year's NFL draft uh, not NFL draft, but uh, in rookie drafts thus far, just due to the fact of his landing spot being that bad. But with the injury questions up in the air for Abadakanda, he's a guy that I would be targeting again, maybe even around week nine, right before that trade deadline. Again, a taxi squad guy that going into 2024 could be very, very lucrative for your team. So again, breakdown of these ones, just to recap and give you the overarching thoughts and uh, the full list of players. These are players that I want on my roster prior to week one of the NFL season at the running back position. Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Deuce Vaughn, Tank Bigsby, Chase Brown, and Sean Tucker. The backs that I want prior to week nine, that midway point when teams are really reassessing where they're at, I'm going to try to hit them a little bit early for that. Roshan Johnson, Zach Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, Devin A-Chain, Evan Gray, Chris Rodriguez, and Zach Evans. And then the three team members at the running back position that I want to try to get on my roster right before the trade deadline at a cheap, cheap value based off of what their outlook is for the fantasy playoffs are Tajay Spears, Israel Abnakanda, and Dwayne McBride. That's the breakdown. That's how simple that I see it right now. I will just remind you, you still have the likes of Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, and Leonard Fournette, still free agents right now. They're going to hurt a backfield at some point. I don't know who they are going to hurt, um, but it's coming. You could easily see one going to the New York Giants to back up Saquon Barkley. If that happens, Evan Gray's value is absolutely dead. You could see one end up going into Minnesota um, to truly solidify that running back group as they try to make a last hurrah run on offense before they lose a Dalvin Cook. You could see one of them go to, I don't know, one of the injured backs. You could see one go to freaking New York Jets just because Rodgers wants another weapon because apparently whatever Rodgers gets, he wants right now or whatever he wants, he gets right now. So uh, I, I would just say that there's a lot that can still happen, but this is where I'm at right now. Um, I've already started making moves for those players, like I said, that I want prior to week one. Already acquired a lot of Vaughn, already acquired a lot of Tucker, and I uh, actually drafted Chase Brown in two out of my rookie drafts thus far as well. So um, just remember, guys, that this is still fluid, but at this point of the season, this is where I'm at. If you want to try to make those cheap moves, this is my breakdown of when to make them, and we'll just reconvene this time uh, next year just to see exactly where we're at, and hopefully we hit on a lot of these values, and the guys that I told you not to even consider are dead on taxi squads and or not in the league because that's the feeling I get off of them. But... We're going to be continuing the segmentation for the remaining two positions. I'm not going to do quarterbacks because there's no real point in doing that. I will just touch the base, uh, touch the base point again that Clayton Toon should be on all of your rosters right now. If he's available on your waiver wire or in your draft super late, take him. Odds are he's going to be a starter. And in super flex, even if he's not getting you a ton of points, giving a starting quarterback for those bye weeks to true competitors at a increased price value right before the trade value point is exactly what Clayton Toon is this year. So just remember, that's the type of player that you should be acquiring. But I will be touching base on the wide receiver, breaking down these same three thresholds and tight end position, breaking down these same three thresholds in the next two weeks prior to diving into team-specific analysis, division-specific analysis, and my Oklahoma drills comparing like-minded and like-bodied players. 
As always, I'm your host, Dallas. Like I said, you can find me on all the social medias at Salad Galore. And until next week, enjoy your rookie content from all your providers. But remember, I'm your favorite, so I'll talk with you next week. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. won a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak